Big Fluff. I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, as always, Big Vinegar himself, Lars Periwinkle. Hey, how's it going, skinny penis? <laughs> no. That's, no. no. I, look, I, I applaud. I never know until I say it out loud, it's not good. Yeah, cross that one off the list. I applaud your yep. effort to find a new, you know, sign on and sign off for 2023, mm-hmm. but I, I think we gotta axe that one. Yeah, skinny penis is no good. <laughs> I mean, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> uh, but how you been? Um, okay, I suppose. I think uh, 2023 motherfucker is treating me okay so far. How about you? Yeah, it's it does seem like a strange year though, right? I don't know how to feel about this year. I'm still like personally it's fine and I, I'm definitely doing more stuff, which I'll I'll talk about shortly, but I feel like I'm just skeptical of the tone of this year. It's like it started with some weird stories. We had the Jeremy Renner accident that was really unfortunate. Oh yeah. yeah. There's been like a week's worth of flooding and storms and strange weather in LA. Uh, Lisa yeah, Marie. I saw that the LA River had water in it. That's I know weird. it's weird. So we're not used to water here. And then it's like, you know, Lisa Marie Presley died. Like it's just, I can't quite get a grip on this year. It seems like a lot. Like it's okay, but it's just we're starting on a very particular note. It feels like. Yes, it is. Um, it is. It is weird, and it just became weirder for me because you just said you were doing stuff. That you is, hate, you hate doing stuff. I do hate doing stuff. Which, and because you, you just, you recently followed me on Letterboxd, which thank, thank you. I shouldn't say followed me, but you friended me on Letterboxd so we can see which movies. Yeah. How um, long have you watching. been following me like on there? Oh, like a year. <laughs> yeah. So, it's very funny it's that you say it. too. It's like you, you watch every movie. I like do everything that's come like, oh, he's seen that. He's seen that. He's seen that. Because since you friended me, I see like uh, I get suggestions of like your friends are. I don't know why it says friends because it's only you. Your friends are watching these things and you're watching everything all the time. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, I, I don't I know you didn't mean that as a compliment, but I'm choosing <laughs> to take it as one. It was just information. <laughs> but uh but no, it's funny because I love Letterboxd and I use it a lot, um, but I didn't actually know you were following me. And the reason that I found it out was because Molly just signed up for it and she was looking through the people that I follow and the people that follow me to figure out who to follow. And she was like, oh, Lars is on here. And I was like, what? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so then yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't I don't update it frequently. It isn't like, oh, I watched that. I should go on Letterboxd. Like, I, I think I, I haven't looked at it in like six months. But when I got a notification that you're my friend now on, I'm like, oh, I should I should update the movies I've seen, I suppose. But yeah, it's 
I think for me, it's it's almost become a video game or something like that, where it's like, I mean, I do watch a lot of movies anyway, and I don't know that it's changed my behavior that much. But then it there is some sort of satisfaction to logging movies and rating them. I went crazy when I first got it and I tried to list every movie I've ever seen, which you don't do that. You you can't do that. You can't do that. But I would go through. I would literally when I first signed up, I would go through like an actor and I, you know, I would just pick someone like Tom Cruise or John Goodman or Denzel mm-hmm. Washington or, you know, Uma Thurman or someone and just like go through and like everything of theirs that I had mm-hmm. seen. I would list mm-hmm. a scene just to like build a database until I collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find when you when you do it that way, because <clears throat> I did the same thing. And when you do it that way, you realize how many um, how many actors there are. Uh, who, who, who of which you've seen every one of their movies, which is weird. Yes. Like yeah. you think because th- there are some, you know, there are some actors out there. I mean, you're a workhorse, right? You don't know what you're signing up for that have made some stinkers and you're like, nope, I saw that one too. I've seen every single movie this person has done, which well, is crazy. And it surprises you because it's like a lot of the people I wasn't surprised. I mean, the number one person who I've seen the most movies from is Samuel L. Jackson, which is just, quantity i mean he makes Mm. so many movies plus when you factor in all the marvel stuff everything like Uh of course samuel jackson's gonna be number one and my love of tom cruise and denzel washington and john goodman are all well documented so it's not surprising that any of them are in the top but then it's like matt damon and ben affleck are in my top people and i'm like yeah sure i guess Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're just in a lot of movies that you watch what yeah you where it's like i wouldn't say that i'm a i don't dislike either one of them but i also wouldn't say that i'm a particular fan of theirs or that i seek out their movies so it was just kind of like oh yeah i guess just they've worked long enough and then you also can see in real time the problem with hollywood which is like it's very hard especially with directors it's hard mm-hmm. to get uh women and people of color and then with actors as well, it's like Rosario Dawson is in my top because she mm-hmm. does a lot of stuff that I've seen. And especially because of those like animated films and stuff, too. Uh, she's in there like <sighs> totally, Spike Lee totally. is in my directors. Now that, and now that we've mixed in um, the Netflix MCU with the uh, movie MCU, we got to get Rosario Dawson in there. She has been working her ass off in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and has never been in one of those movies. And that's a goddamn shame. Yeah. Which she was the Nick Fury of the television show and that they literally used her character to bridge the gap between all of the yeah. various. She's she's the through line, the the night nurse. I can, I can never remember that character's name. because she, In the comics, she was only referred to as the night nurse most yeah. of the time. So. But yeah, no, and she's fantastic. But yeah, it is a fun thing. And I, when I first signed up for it, the big thing is I wanted to make sure I had seen all the AFI top 100 films, which I did. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, that's, that's a rough go, man. I applaud you for doing that shit because AFI, God bless you, but you put some shit in there that is not fun to watch. Yeah, there's definitely some that I did not like, like not even just were like whatever but that I found unwatchable and there's probably more that could come to mind if I sat there with it. But the one that immediately came to mind and I apologize if you feel differently is the film Easy Rider, which is impossible to watch because it's, yeah, that's a rough one. That is yeah. a, that's a that's like um, uh, that was like Easy Rider was the beginning of new Hollywood. Right. Yeah. So like <clears throat> any any movie started and like these um these these contract uh like uh, <laughs> The era of like contracting artists to studios was coming to an end and like indie movies were picking up and Easy Rider was the first like huge indie movie. One of the first like huge like in the theater became part of the zeitgeist indie movies. And yeah, it's it's a rough go. It's it's very weird. They trip on acid and and stare at a dead rabbit. Like it's a really weird, stupid mo- and Jack Jack Nicholson is in there just doing his best to be the coolest guy on planet Earth, which he is. Which which he is. Yeah. Um but it's it's also annoying to watch. I'm like, "God damn it, you're so fucking cool." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're pretending that you've never smoked weed before. We all know you smoke weed, Jack Nicholson. Right. Yeah, but it is interesting to see like that one I didn't like, but then you get stuff. 
I mean, 12 Angry Men is a movie that holds up astoundingly well, where it's just oh my God, amazing, yeah. amazing. Sidney Lumet, one of my one of my favorite directors. But yeah, so you get a weird mix of that. And then there's a lot in between that you're like, this <laughs> is fine. Look, like, I think, you know, um, Stanley Kowalski is probably one of the the most interesting and hard to play characters in American theater, let alone American cinema. Streetcar Named Desire is not a not a fun watch. Not no. a fun watch. I prefer the original version of it that I ever saw, which was the musical version in The Simpsons. Yes, that's the, just watch that. And yeah. you, you get the idea. That's kind of what that play is. Yeah, which is funny to think about how many, like, The Simpsons being the greatest example, but a lot of the cartoons and stuff that we watch, too, is like you do realize when you can go all the way back to the source, you start to realize, like, how much of your childhood was spent watching people making fun of movies that you had never seen. <laughs> yeah, because it, I think like, because there used to be, as far as I can tell, there used to be like, um, like 17 people that lived in America yes. and they all did the same shit all of the time. Yeah. And so it became, there wasn't really a zeitgeist. It was just, this is what everyone does. And it was such a huge part of, um, um, the, such a huge part of the lives of the people that created our childhood content. So like Matt Groening, yeah, of course he's going to make fun of, you know, Streetcar Named Desire because when he was a kid, everyone didn't shut the fuck up about a Streetcar Named Desire. Right. When it's like, yes, this is one of the, one of the great pieces of um, American culture is that play. Of course it is. Tennessee Williams is one of the best um, playwrights um in american culture and of the 20 of the the 21st century um the 20th century but uh it's not what that doesn't make it that doesn't make it awesome well, right and I, I do think that that's the weakness of the afi is it doesn't really differentiate between things that everyone saw that you should probably watch just so you know what they're talking about and things that are actually worth watching straight up yeah. straight up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you know what yeah, i think, actually was i think most surprised that i enjoyed probably the most and i didn't expect it but that they i and they're some of the oldest movies on there was the charlie chaplin stuff like how yeah. well that still works yeah yeah but do you mean the um the silent stuff or the talky stuff no the silent stuff like the, the city stuff, lights yeah. and yeah. um uh, what's yeah. the other one? The the first one that he did. I'm blanking on the name, but I I remember City Lights specifically because there's like the boxing stuff and yeah. I mean that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but the but yeah, it still works. You know, like the comedy is still mm -hmm. funny and like his timing is perfect and it even though yes. it's very old, it is sort of timeless in what he's doing and hundred percent. Look, I always point to I always point to Duck Soup. Not only is it is it still topical, but like, you know, it's the it's the Marx Brothers. Right. Um, which, you know, th there's a lot of legend legendary, you know, early comedy like vaudeville comedy that transitioned to screen that you hear is, you know, th this shit was legendary and you watch it and you're like, it's, you know, it's cute and it's watchable, but it's whatever. Um, duck, duck soup is laugh out loud funny. Yes. Like, yeah. I, and that was I, one I like enjoyed literally as well. literally cracking up every single time I see it. Yeah. No, that was on the list too. And I remember really enjoying that one as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 So, it does, you know, it doesn't all work. But and it when just, it does, you, it, it does. It, and that's one where it's not even like making fun of, but you realize going like, well, that's what the Animaniacs were. Like, that's what, it, mm -hmm. you know, like I just watched cartoons where people tormented someone and did wordplay. And that's pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, when Laurel and Hardy, th there's a reason why we know you hear references to Laurel and Hardy got to get this piano up a set of steps. Yes. And you're like, you're like, OK, yeah, everyone references it and that's fine. And then you watch it and you realize, oh, th you know, I see it now. Yeah. This is fucking hysterical. Not everything they did was gold, but this is hysterical. You know what doesn't work, though? You know what never worked for me? What? Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah there is did. something I, I about always, it. I watched so much of it because I was such a huge fan of comedy and everyone's like, Three Stooges is funny. 
I I never got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I same. Like I, I never had the reverence for it and my dad wasn't into it. So I didn't have that connection. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it just never really played for me either. And shockingly, uh, none of their films are on the AFI list. Yeah. <laughs> I also always just think of uh, I think it's that's a Paul F. Tompkins bit, but where he talks about the fact that like they're always getting hired for stuff. And it's like, well, why? Why do people keep hiring them? <laughs> Yeah, 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 they hire them and then they hire them to do something in their home and then they leave the home. It's yeah. Like, okay, you boys finish this up before I get back. <laughs> well, you shouldn't, shouldn't do that. By the way, th- this I actually think is a good segue for uh, what I wanted to talk about, too, which, again, I'm slowly but surely converting Hobo Radio in this its hundredth year in existence mm-hmm. as a podcast into a wrestling podcast. Uh, yes. But. Yes. Uh, we've been talking By about the way, you say 100th year. It is. It's our 15th year, buddy. That's insane. Where, yeah, truly, yeah. truly insane. It'll be in uh, July, right? That we started yeah, June, July, something. Like yeah, that, somewhere yeah. in there. But uh, but yeah, we've, we've been talking about wrestling a lot lately. But I did want to talk about I went to Molly and I went to the forum to see uh, the AEW Dynamite taping that they did oh, there oh shit scissor me daddy <laughs> which yeah so first of all uh if you've been listening yeah obviously the acclaimed we got to see them and got to hear their famous catchphrase scissor me daddy yeah! <laughs> <laughs> which it was funny too because it was actually it was a co-taping they they do dynamite live and then they pre-tape rampage which is their friday show so uh the acclaimed only uh, were on Rampage. Uh, they did like a pre-tape segment for Dynamite, but they did come out. And it, it's funny because I do. They're my favorite thing in wrestling. Obviously, we did a whole show. You can go back and listen to like talking about uh, the the origins of Scissor Me Daddy Ass and just how amazing they are. But I think it is a true testament to how popular they are and how beloved they are that one of their gimmicks is that when they come out, Max Caster, like he does a freestyle rap and he puts in a lot of current events of whatever's happening. And he came out for, again, the, the show that we're pre-taping for the Friday night show and he messed it up. Like he started rapping and he lost his place and he screwed it up and then looked at all the crowd and was basically like, I'm going to take that over again. And which also at that point, daddy ass grabbed the mic and said that's why i only ever said two words which is beautiful (laughs) but uh but then they went backstage and pretended like they hadn't just come out and uh got reintroduced by renee paquette and came back out as if it never happened and the audience accepted it and i bring all that up to say you have to be insanely popular in wrestling for you not to get booed mercilessly. Yes. When you screw up like that. And in fact, everyone was so into their thing that it's like, no, do it again. We'll wait. We'll wait for you to reset. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who would try to do that when they came out. They would just get a you fucked up chant. Yeah. And no you fucked up chant. No booing. Just. And in fact, it almost went the other way where at the end he did a like a theatrical bow and everyone cheered like he did an over the top. (laughs) I did it. And then everybody like went nuts. So nice. Nice. Uh, Which the you know, it was a great segment. The ass boys came out to interrupt. They were because the acclaimed obviously being in L.A. were trying to put their hands in concrete, uh, their scissor hands, you know, in Mm -hmm. concrete to enshrine Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Billy Gunn's children came out to interrupt Uh and uh, (laughs) they ended up getting pantsed and then shoved into the concrete (laughs) so that their ass prints were left. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. Wrestling is amazing. It's <sighs> it's the gr- true great American art form. It really is. It yeah. really is. And I think like wrestling wrestling audiences are probably the smartest audiences. Yeah. No, they're, it's great. It's just, like I always think of John Oliver did a whole thing about wrestling and he <laughs> he famously said, like, it's better than what you watch. And I really yeah. do think that that's true. <laughs> But uh, no, the other fun thing that I I wanted to mention about it is 
that so one of the things I had heard and you know kind of crossover here a little bit too and and sure similar ratings as well as many people are listening to this as that but I know that Mark Marin made a big deal on his show about the fact that he was at the show that I went to because oh, his, his producer had talked him into it like his producer's a big wrestling fan and so Marin had talked about it that he was gonna go and I knew that. And Molly and I had seats. We were up in the 200s, which are still good seats. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're still close enough, but it's like, you know, we're poor. So we're <laughs> we're right, up, right, right. up a bit high. But I was really trying to find Marin because I knew that he was there. And I was like, I bet that he's ringside and I, I'm going to try to find him. And I was really looking and I zeroed in. There was one guy I could see he was wearing sort of a green, like an army green jacket. And he had mm-hmm. some gray that you could kind of make out and look like some facial hair. It was kind of hard to tell because, again, I'm sort of far away, but I'm looking at the guy and I'm like, I think that might be Marin. And so I decided to watch that guy. And I'm like, as the show's going on, like, I'm just going to assume this is Marin, see if I can get any signs. And then <laughs> MJF came out and starts cutting a promo on. He was like, yeah, we got some famous people here tonight. And cuts to the man that I've been watching all night, who I thought was Mark Marin, who turned out to be Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, oh. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So I was close. <laughs> I was close. You were close. You, yeah. it was, you know, it was a telltale sign as you didn't see him lock the gates. Yeah. That's, that's how you know it's Marin. Yeah. He starts locking the gates. I think the funniest thing is I wasn't far off. I was far off in terms of identifying the person, but... My logic was pretty sound because also Freddie Prince was on the camera, like the hard camera side of the arena, which is I was like, I feel like that's where they would put a celebrity so that they're not constantly on the camera, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. but it turned out Marin ended up posting an Instagram photo of his seats and he had to have been in the same row as Freddie Prince just further down. So uh, I, okay, okay. my logic wasn't wrong, but I being, you know, in the 200 section, I was simply too far away to, to identify one from the other, but yeah, so that was close. Does Freddie Prince Jr. have facial hair then? It looked like he did. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It was... Freddie Prince Jr. can't have facial hair. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was, it was fun. Um, the main event for dynamite was fantastic. It was the match seven for the elite and death triangle. And it was a big ladder match that was super fun to watch. It was a good show overall. Uh, and that was really fun. So I wanted to just mention all that super fun time. Biggest thing that I've done in years since becoming a hermit. And I've always been a hermit, (laughs) but like I really locked down post 2020 and have not, been around that many people in quite some time right 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 yeah and it can be a little nerve-wracking too getting back out there into the world yeah it was a little overwhelming just like sensory wise to go to Mm -hmm. and i've been to so many wrestling shows in my life but it's like if you haven't done that in a few years you're like oh yeah right this is what it is like it's a lot of chaos and yelling and you know it's super fun but it's it's a lot uh but i I, and that's always a good show which is um encouraging because i think aew is about to be you know yeah the the best show in town <laughs> yeah which we should talk about that but i just real quick because i realized that i set up a segue and i didn't follow through with it but like i yeah. think the one thing that i was really appreciating the reason that the like charlie chaplin and all that made me think of it is because with aew i've been a little slow to get into it and i've been sort of more checked out on wrestling i think i talked about that on a recent show that i i'm not as loyal a watcher as i used to be in the heyday, but I, I try to watch it as often as I can. But there's like a lot of people that I don't know or like I, I'm not entirely sure what their deal is that are in AEW right now. But what I love about wrestling and especially live wrestling and performers that are good is like the ones that have the ability to just immediately be like, this is my thing and that you can be in the 200 section and it's like very obvious this guy is a good guy. This guy's a bad guy. This guy's a coward. This guy mm-hmm. cheats, you know, just like the way that they have the ability to sell for a live audience, like in, you know, I think all the best wrestlers in five seconds, you should be able to tell exactly what their deal is, where it's like Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society came out in gold sparkly jackets and did a choreographed spin <laughs> like to mm-hmm. show their backs and then spun again and walked down to the ring and then ripped their pants off like full Monty style. 
Mm-hmm. That's everything you need to know about them. Yep. Like, I think the best wrestlers just kind of can immediately convey what their thing is through their entrance, through their physicality, through all of that, you know, before they ever talk. MJF, great example, like came out, cut a promo on Freddie Prince, cut a promo on Ken Jeong, and then Brian Danielson's music hits and MJF immediately ran to the back like a coward to avoid any real confrontation. Yeah, that's what it needs to be, right? Like it's, uh, you know, it's vaudeville. It's a soap opera. You yeah. Know? And like, that's, you know, the, yeah. you know who the, you know, the good guys are, the bad guys are. We don't need any of this gray area horse shit. We're not here. We're not here to be subtle. Yeah. Folks, you know? Yeah. Uh, I also, the last thing I'll say about the live thing, and then we should talk about the other company, the infamous one at this point. <laughs> but uh, I just, if I can give a note to people who are wrestling fans, if I can ask one thing, don't be the guy that was also in the 200 section that was, uh, you know, a little bit of ways from Molly and I, but definitely within earshot that spent the whole show just trying to get chance to catch on. Yeah. And like he's standing the whole time. Every single match, he's got a chant and his success rate was possibly zero percent. Maybe maybe one worked or something, but it's just Ugh. just constantly yelling and trying to be the focal point. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You're going to chant. It. You're going to have fun. You're yeah. you're not in control of it. Stop saying stop saying what after someone stops talking. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah, and he was also even doing that. You know how sometimes like they'll cheer for two people competingly, you know, if if both mm-hmm. wrestlers are liked, they'll mm-hmm. chant both names. He was doing that. Come <laughs> like, on. Where it's like <laughs> he definitely he definitely had some buddies who knew he was at the match and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to get I'm going to get a chant going." So yeah. when you hear them chant, I started that. I started yeah. that shit. <laughs> did, did you hear when they chanted AEW? That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that one was mine. <laughs> I shortened it to AE dubs. No one had ever done that shit yeah, before. Yeah, no one ever thought of it. It's I'm nope. an innovator. I saved everyone so much time. <laughs> Anytime someone does that from now on, know that I started that shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you alluded to it, and I was telling you before the, the show that I was hanging out with a buddy of mine the other day, and clearly this has reached... Uh, you know, the the general public, the non-wrestling public. But uh, my buddy was like, what's going on with the WWE? Like, I heard Vince came back and we talked about that last week, but like, and I heard they're going to sell to Saudi Arabia. So like, it's definitely the rumor is out there <laughs> that, mm-hmm. um, that that seems to be the thing. And also the other big news was Stephanie McMahon, since we recorded the last show, like she stepped down, uh, gave a very you know, sort of uh, towing the company line. I've done this my whole life statement of like, well, I was looking to take time off anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and resign from my job and walk away from this dumpster fire (laughs) without like she didn't talk trash or give any insight, but like pretty bad sign that she left. Yeah. Awful sign. What I mean, what is she going to say? My father's a monster. Yeah. So I'm getting as far away from him as possible. You guys know Vince McMahon and like his whole thing forever. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so bad sign. I, I have been reading a lot because it was sort of and we all assumed it. You and I were talking about this, too, uh, that like it certainly seems in line with Vince McMahon that he would have come back with a deal in hand to sell the company. Uh-huh. Uh, to Saudi Arabia, but it does seem like that was the initial speculation and reporting, but now it seems that there isn't a deal in place and they're meeting with Disney, they're meeting with NBC, like there's various companies that are at least making a pitch. Who knows? Maybe it's for show. Maybe it'll turn out that it does still. Uh, but yeah, it's, it seems to be very much like if if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Well, know? it's definitely a tantrum that he's throwing. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't handle stepping away and he's coming back to put like it's very much what his character would have done in the 90s. You know, Stone Cold mm-hmm. just won the championship. It's a it's a great moment. We're all here to celebrate Vince's music hits. That asshole comes to the ring to reveal that you thought he was out of power. But wait. Actually, yeah. he has a, a master You're plan. Fire. Yeah, it's, it's that bullshit like in real life, because, of course, he is the same 
cartoon man in real life. You know, <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up. Yeah, it's 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 really a t- he's, he's you know what all I did was try to coerce employees into fucking me. Yeah, which but I should probably mention now is it seems like a good time to to point out that Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, did come out during the show that we were out. And this is what he did. It was not on TV. He came out with a mic in hand, said that he loves L.A., that he has a lot of fond memories of events in the forum from when he was growing up. And he always just tries to put on a good show for L.A. And he's very happy that we're all there. And then he walked backstage. It was Uh delightfully refreshing. (laughs) Yep, that is terrific. I I just. J.R. was our was our canary. Yeah. When JR left WWE, we should have known then, like, this is, there's some not good things happening. Yeah. And I mean, it, again, we talked about this last week, but it, the bummer was that once Vince left, people who, other people who had left the company were starting to come back. And yep, yep. it's now. That's the thing. I think it's one of those things that, <clears throat> um, that sociopaths do mm-hmm. is they, they, when they are not around. And they see other people being happy that they aren't around. They have to reassert themselves. They're right. like, no, you can't, you can't be not happy when I'm around. I'm coming back because right. fuck you. I'm the best. Well, and that was kind of the thing that hit me too, was that I was totally willing to believe the speculation that Vince would come back with a deal in hand to sell the company to Saudi Arabia, because that does feel that feels like an on screen Vince McMahon move. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, but then it's like, you know what? It actually does make more sense and feel more true that, no, he just came back to cause chaos. He has no plan and he's just going to ruin everything. <laughs> Straight up, straight up. He, he, he really pissed him off that people were glad that he was gone, you know, and he sees it. He doesn't see. And and to an extent, he's right. He sees no competition. It's just, I'm, there is only one wrestling federation and I started it and I'm the major shareholder and I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. So I'm going to come back just to, just to fuck you guys. Well, and it is that thing where it's, you know, from his perspective, I've been down before, you know, like mm-hmm. I the federal government tried to shut me down for steroid use in like the 90s. And I survived mm-hmm. that WCW had Ted Turner's money and they tried to put us out of business. And I survived that. Like, I think he has this mentality of, you know, I've faced all of this before. Mm-hmm. I can do it again. Like, this is just another setback. And I'm going to come out on say to it. To an extent, he's right. I mean, they they made they made him change the name like the World Wildlife Fund is WWF. So you can't be. Yeah. So he changed like, OK, I have to rebrand fucking everything. You survive that because it really was like, you know, when there was competition, you the main competition was um, WCW because that was Ted. Ted Turner's money and ECW because they had all of the talent. Right. So he absorbed both of them. And I'm once again, I'm on the top, you know, you can't really argue with his success, but you can argue with being a fucking asshole and being over the hill, being a stale, crusty dickhead who doesn't know what works anymore. Well, and that is the thing is that to be a wrestling fan means that you have a complicated relationship, obviously, with the WWE because of how ingrained he is in the success and his role in it. But yeah, at the same time, if even if he had stepped away in disgrace as he originally did, yeah, his contributions to wrestling are will forever be enshrined. I mean, he mm-hmm. had multiple decades of making wrestling be the most popular thing you know the highest rated cable show like such a cultural phenomenon starting with getting cindy lopper to show up in the 80s through you know the Mm -hmm. early 2000s like he found different generations different eras of making wrestlers cultural phenomenons the rock wouldn't be a huge movie star if not for the launching pad of the wwe Mm -hmm. john cena like all dave batista like all of that you know Mm-hmm. But he is an asshole and he can't just walk away quietly with his 
millions and millions and millions of dollars that he continues to make every day. That's the other thing. He owns half the company. That's why he was able to come back. He will get paid forever just based on the work that he's already done. The TV contracts that they have, the deal with Peacock. He, how I mean, how fucked up do you have to be? Like, how does how does that mind work when someone says, hey, you can do you can do whatever you want with your life, yeah. whatever you want with the rest of your life and keep collecting these millions upon millions of dollars for doing whatever you want. You just can't be involved with the company. And that's not that's not good enough. For him. Unacceptable to Vince right. McMahon. Well, and it is at this point, he has so much money and so much time. Go start another XFL or, you know, bodybuilding yeah. federation or whatever. Like, yeah, go start a new run for office like every yeah. other prick. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that you could do. But no, you want to do the one thing that nobody wants you to do. And that's the thing. He has to do the thing that people told him he he shouldn't do you know yeah. he was gone and they're like and he he heard the the the, the chatterings of uh of like oh man that i'm so we're so glad that vince is gone now we got some fresh blood or can't wait to see what direction wwe goes now uh, now that vince isn't at the helm we want some you know some young minds in here to, to really understand what's happening in culture and know what's good and what's not good and he couldn't stand it he couldn't stand just sitting at home listening to people being happy that he's gone yeah yeah and meanwhile all Tony Khan has to do is sit back and wait. And over a long enough period of time, everyone will leave and come to him. Yeah, you know, because they if they do sell to Saudi Arabia, I, there's a lot of people that I'm sure are ready to put the resignation in the entire women's roster. Sami Zayn. Oh, like they can't stay. They can't yeah, stay. There are no. people that like will leave the, the second that deal goes through, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like if and, if and when it's over, they yeah. won't deal with that shit. So, but anyway, it's, it's just a mess, but it is, it's an interesting thing in that it's because, you know, like it's funny, like on Twitter, I I'll see variety and, uh, you know, the Hollywood reporter <laughs> reporting on this stuff. Like it is, you know, uh, I mean, I, as always, it's nice when wrestling gets mainstream attention, but not for this, not like this, <laughs> not like this, not like this. <laughs> hey, copper top. <laughs> I don't get that joke yet, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, I want to spend some time now like talking about a thing that from one thorny subject to another, but I am genuinely fascinated by this. And I just want to I'm going to preface this now because 2023, I'm trying to avoid uh, beefs with other peak sloth shows. So I just want to make it clear. This is not I, we we love our friends that we have to ask. I'm not trying to infringe on their territory. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to do their bit. I promise you. So mm -hmm. I just want to say that love Marty and Jonathan. They're the best. Bingo balls. Bingo balls. Uh, well, hold on. Well, now that you did that, um, you know, if, if anyone forgot what Jonathan sounds like, he sounds like this. Bingo balls. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, was gonna, I, I was trying not to laugh, <laughs> but uh, I sincerely do want to talk about and I, I brought them up because they've been on the cutting edge of this. They've been talking about this uh, since our inception. But uh, AI has become such a big like talking point and and feels like if i were predicting things that are going to be important stories in 2023 artificial intelligence like we actually seem like we're at a point where in creative spaces people are starting to reconcile with it and in fact uh you know we're gonna have to figure this out because uh first it was that like lenza i think it was called in the uh the stuff with um you know, where you could upload your photos and AI is going to draw a bunch of photos of you in different styles. You know, it's going to generate art of your face and everyone kind of did that. And it, like, or there's the other ones that where you can pick a thing and tell it to draw like Lars eating an ice cream cone, you know, yep. like whatever. And it'll, you know, take whatever you say and it'll, the computers are trying to learn I how wouldn't, to do it. I wouldn't do that though. That would be way too sexy. Well, also, I have too many photos of you eating ice cream cones that you regularly text me anyway. So I will stop sending them as soon as you ask me to. But you haven't said anything thus far. I, to be clear, did I say to stop? I'm just. You know what? You didn't. You didn't. And that's curious. Uh, but uh, 
But no, and then the other one is uh, Chat GPT is mm-hmm. the writing one. So there's like an art one that can generate art, and then Chat GPT is a, a new thing where you can tell it a prompt and it'll write stuff for you. And colleges are dealing with this and that it can write papers. And so that's now a thing that, you know, if a student were to be assigned a topic and tell the computer to write it for them, could they get away with it? Like, you know, that's a question right now. Uh, And then I'm also seeing a lot of stuff where people are starting to talk to, you know, people who write scripts for movies and television uh, just on their thoughts of, you know, using chat GPT to possibly write scripts someday. So, mm-hmm. you know, like we're we're at a point where we're definitely not there yet, but we can envision a future where maybe a computer writes a script and then maybe a different computer program animates that script like that could theoretically happen on the path that we're headed towards. So all of that to say, and again, this is why I, I preface with the we have to ask. I was sincerely curious what would happen if i went on to chat gpt and i asked it to write scripts for you and i based on things that we talk about on right. this show so to be clear ju- just for peace of mind we're not we're not ai right now are we well are we really you and me i mean that's the question right like do we need to blade runner this do we <laughs> son of a bitch but uh, but no, so I if it is, it's super meta then that we are AI who used AI to generate what we should say like that's oh just my a, God is robots making robots. This will not end well. But uh, but no. So I, <clears throat> I sincerely I used chat GPT and I typed in some stuff that you and I might talk about to see what a computer script would generate for us. So I, I thought if you're down for it, we can okay. read these and see how it does. Sure. Sure. See if sure. we if we're in danger of being replaced. Right. Okay. Okay. I have I have script in hand. Okay. Okay. I'll be I'll be Lars. You be Joel. I'll be Joel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey Lars, have you seen the new Batman movie yet? No, I haven't had a chance to, but I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. The action scenes are incredible, and the story is so intense. I've always been a big fan of Batman. The character has such an interesting backstory, and the themes in the comics and movies are always so relevant. Definitely. And the way they've portrayed Batman in this movie is so different from the way he's been portrayed in the past. It's a fresh take on an old classic. I can't wait to see it. The Dark Knight trilogy was one of my favorite Batman adaptations, but I'm excited to see what this new director has done with the character. Definitely. I think you'll love it. It's definitely one of the best superhero movies I've seen in a long time. I'll have to make sure to catch it soon. Thanks for the recommendation, Joel. All right. So that was the first attempt. We do talk about Batman a lot, so I think it captured that. I would say that I don't think it captures the spirit of our interactions in that this is way too civil yeah. and polite. Yeah, there were no curses in there. I curse yeah. a lot. We did. I guess maybe I should have said, like, Joel and Lars argue over yeah. Batman. But, uh, you know, I tried a few of these, so okay. I'm now sending you the second one so we can go okay. through this one. Let's see what we got. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Hey, Lars, <laughs> I'm sensing a theme in the way they start, but uh-huh. uh, hey, Lars, have you seen the new Star Wars movie yet? No, I haven't had a chance to, but I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, it's definitely a divisive movie. I thought it was a really interesting take on the Star Wars universe, but it's not for everyone. I'm a bit hesitant to see it after hearing mixed reviews. I've always been a huge Star Wars fan and I don't want to be disappointed. I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's worth seeing for yourself and forming your own opinion. Plus, it's always fun to see what new direction the franchise takes. That's true. And I am curious to see how the new characters and pl- plot lines fit into the overall Star Wars canon. That does sound like a thing you'd say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Plus, the visuals and special effects are always top notch in Star Wars oh movies. You're right. And I'll have to make sure to catch it soon. Thanks for the encouragement, Joel. No problem. Let me know what you think after you watch it. It says nothing specific, which is curious to me because AI has like, it has at its disposal, like all of the internet. Yeah. Basically. So like, why can't it's, it's just saying generic shit that people would say about any movie. 
I will say the, the only thing that's that does jump out to me between the two, because I, I think there are clear similarities between our, our Batman discussion and our Star Wars discussion uh-huh. in its mind. But it seems like with Batman, it's aware that they're usually kind of rebooting it. And so it mm-hmm. says it's a fresh take. And then with Star Wars, it's <laughs> knows that it's divisive, which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, it, if it's anything. um it's divisive. And they uh, mentioned the uh, special effects. Top notch is something yeah. I don't think I've ever said. Yeah. Well, it's also, I feel like, what is it? I'm seeing interesting a lot, y- you know, like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. And again, I think in both cases, the way that we uh, are so polite with each other just does not feel true to the Joel and Lars characters. Yes. But so I, yes. I do have a third one if you're ready for okay. it. Okay. Okay. Sure. And I think sure. this is I think this is the biggest test because you know Batman and Star Wars that's low hanging fruit for Hobo Radio, but this is really our bread and butter. I think. Yeah, let's that's, see how we're doing. Ba- that's basically basically it. Um, okay. Okay. What we got? Okay. Well, let's, let's try the third one. All right. Hey Lars, yep. guess what? <sighs> My God. Sorry. Start again. I read ahead a little bit. <laughs> hey Lars, guess what? What? I'm dating your mom. What? How could you? That's my mother you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Relax. That's not funny, Joel. You shouldn't joke about things like that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I was just trying to be funny. <sighs> it's fine. Just don't joke about something like that again. I won't. I promise. I'm sorry again. It's okay. Let's just drop it. <laughs> very stupid <laughs> i this is on the fly i'm putting you on the spot do you want me to try one i can it'll generate it in real time if we mm. if you want to pick something if you want to mad libs this like oh mad libs it what well, just I mean, mean is there a thing that you th- would but want those are the three things we talk about that is true uh-huh. but like i don't know if you based on the <laughs> feedback of the, of trying those three things if there's something do you want us to try to have an argument like we can see you know, um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I've never used this sort of thing before, so I don't know what kind of keywords. It, well, it it's, would need. So what, what I put in was like write a script with Joel and Lars and then whatever. How about Joel and Lars argue about Jurassic Park? OK. We'll see. How it does. Yeah, I'm learning this too. This is my first time trying this for these three. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. It's going. <laughs> All right. So it's generating. So we got to give it a second. What the hell is going on? Oh, okay. I am seeing because it's, I don't know if you can see it, but it's like in real time, it's, it's generating oh, the dialogue. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is writing script. But uh, I've never written this fast in my life, but it does look like we're arguing. Oh, okay. I see the word I disagree. Uh oh. So. Getting heated. Okay. I should have said Joel and, Lars, Joel and Lars argue over Jurassic Park with lots of profanity. No, you know what's funny <laughs> that, that you said I did learn in the, the previous script. I tried to say that Joel says that he bangs Lars's mom and it told uh-huh. me that I couldn't do that. Oh, that's rude. That's too rude, Mr. Yeah, Murphy. But, but then I was like date and it was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can be banging her. Just like don't. Don't, don't like tell Lars stuff. that you're banging his mom. That's rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you can imply it. Yeah, he'll he'll get it. <laughs> okay, so now I am sending you our Jurassic Park argument. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I I wonder which side I'm going to take. I think you're on the you're pro dinosaur, and I'm okay. I hope I'm Goldblum. For the record, that argument we were both on the same side. I was just being a little more reasonable. <laughs> Oh, right. I forgot we did. Yeah, that's right. We legit had an argument where you said that you hate Jurassic Park. And that never that happened. The, that isn't what happened. That's the worst movie that you've I ever seen. I was in the room with me when that happened, and that <laughs> wasn't what happened. By the way, I will say, uh, I don't know if you watch. We don't need to talk about it at length, but I don't know if you watched any of the Golden Globes, but Molly and I watched it. But um, uh, I, I, I watched a little bit afterhand. I watched some acceptance speeches, but I just want to point out that I caught that. Uh, well, first of all, um, 
super happy for everything everywhere all at once. Like Michelle Yeoh won and then uh, Kihoi Kwan both like Kihoi won. Kwan, what a great acceptance speech. Oh what my What a great goodness. acceptance speech. But I did want to point that out that I caught in his speech that he gave a shout out to Steven Spielberg. And then I noticed that when Spielberg won his award, he did not mention him. Just a thing that I noticed. Yes. Yes. Steven Spielberg is a little shit. So. Right? Okay. Thank whatever. you. I just wanted to point that out. That, you know, that seemed a little strange to me. Anyway. All right. You ready? Uh, okay. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> Lars, have you seen the new Jurassic Park movie yet? No. No, I haven't. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I want to. The franchise has been milked dry, in my opinion. What do you mean? The new movie is amazing. It's a fresh take on the franchise, and the special effects are incredible. I disagree. I think it's just a cash grab. The original movie was a classic, but they should have left it at that. I understand where you're coming from, but I think the new movie adds a new level of depth to the franchise. Plus, the new technology allows them to make the dinosaurs look even more realistic. But it's not about the technology. It's about the story. The original had a great story, but the new movies are just cheap knockoffs. I disagree. I think the new movie brings a new perspective and adds to the overall story of the franchise. I respect your opinion, <laughs> but I just don't see it that way. I think the franchise has run its course and it's time to move on. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. But I think you should give the new movie a chance. I'll consider it, but I'm not making any promises, eh? Fuck you. Oh, wait, it didn't say Fuck that. Fuck your Sorry. mother. <laughs> Fuck your mother and her fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, I look, if, you and I have job security until the, the robot can tell us to fuck each other's mothers i think yeah, in all in all of these cases it seems like it really it went to imdb and pulled some reviews from the layperson. and it was just like here are things people say about shit like that yeah yeah it's i don't know it's interesting like i i wanted to see where it was at like but yeah it's it doesn't say anything like it just it feels like it like figures out one thing like so batman they do new takes for mm -hmm. Star Wars. It's divisive for Jurassic Park. It has special effects. Those seem to be yeah, the things that it's aware of. It seems like, it, you know, no offense, but to anyone like that, anyone fucking cares about my opinion. But it seems like um, like a network sitcom script, if that makes any sense. Of yeah. Just like we're covering all base. These these are just things that people are saying and we're going to say them too in our, you know, our TV show. That reaches well, 17 million viewers. Well, it does have a little bit of the that old Simpsons. I think it's the where the Bart wins the elephant where the DJs are told they're going to be replaced by a robot. And it's like, uh -huh. have you heard about those clowns in Congress? What uh -huh. a bunch of clowns. <laughs> Who's our big wiener? <laughs> oh, OK. All right. Well, we're we, I I got a thing that but I'll save it. But did you want to we got a little bit of time left. I know you were saying that you started to look into a person that we should know, but then there wasn't a um, lot. Yeah, no, sure, yeah. sure, sure. This is a person you should know. It isn't just it just isn't much of um much of a story. And that's only because this uh, this guy I'm going to talk about, uh, Takashi Shimura, um, just led a very, I'm not going to say ordinary, but just he led a life. And um, <laughs> um, the thing that I want you to know about him, um, uh, first of all, he was in 21 of Akira Kurosawa's movies, which is incredible. Yeah. The things this guy must have, like, he probably soaked in through osmosis more knowledge about filmmaking than, um, than I'll ever have through studying it and watching it. Um, uh, but he was born in, um, 1905, um, in, uh, uh, Akuno Hyogo Prefecture, Japan. His birth name was, um, Shamazaki Shohi. And, um, he, uh, if there's nothing else you remember about Takashi Shimura, he was the original man in the very first Godzilla suit in the very first Godzilla movie. Yeah. Um, he went, he, 
you know, he he was brought up in Japan. He went to school um, for acting. He started his career off in radio plays, and then he made the move the move to silent films. Um, um, his brother was uh, killed um, in the South Pacific fighting uh, fighting in World War II. Um, and then, you know, when he made the move to film, he just became a workhorse. Um, and then he, uh, died February 11th, 1982, exactly one month before yours truly was brought to this planet. Are you implying um, that you're the like reincarnation or is there a connection there? Right. I mean, a month is a long time for a soul <laughs> to just wait for a vessel. So probably not. Okay. Um, he died from emphysema in Tokyo. You do smoke. Um, <laughs> he was given he was given awards by the nation of Japan for his contribution to the arts. I don't know. It, like if you guys um, if you guys want to read more about him, uh, I encourage you to because he did some interesting things. It's just there, there isn't much of a story. You know, he was born. He was a, he was a workhorse. He seemed like a really good guy. He started a family. He worked his ass off in in film and television and radio. And then um, he died when he was seventy six. Um, presumably a happy man. Yeah, uh, but Takashi Takashi Shimura, our very first Godzilla. Yeah, which I do. There are two things that I want to say about that. That uh, first of all. That first suit was hell. So like, yes, it was indeed. I think it was made out of like, like rubber and asbestos that had to suck being in there. Well, and they didn't really understand yet because they were still experimenting with everything. The need for a human being to be able to sweat and cool inside a suit. So it was just a a sauna with like, no, like sure. And like, yeah, yeah, we need to take that again. But it, it, it's. It takes too long for you to get in and out of that suit, so you just need to keep it on. Let's go again. Yeah. So just all of that seems terrible. But then the other thing that I I only learned recently because I actually watched the original Godzilla and I was reading a lot of the trivia stuff on it. But uh, it kind of connects to everything that you're saying that apparently Kurosawa spent a lot of time on that set of the original Godzilla. Like he was there for a lot of the filming. Yeah. 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 I think it was one of his fascinations and he, you know, like I said, he starred in 21 out of 30 of Kurosawa's films. So that's more than any other actor. And he was a lead actor in drunken angel, Rashomon, Ikiru and seven samurai, which, you know, those, um, those are some of the big ones, especially Rashomon and seven samurai. Those are the big Kurosawa. So you've seen this man's face before for sure. He was in Rashomon. Um, for, you know, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, I, yeah, but I, I think was, he was. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I have no memory. Of that. Yeah. Uh, I th- you know what? I'll have to examine that again, but I'm pretty sure he was in that one. <laughs> it's so stupid. Him, <laughs> him and Nelson Mandela, I think, were both in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some and of Shaq. <laughs> they all played genies, weirdly. <laughs> all right. Well... Thank you for that. No, seriously, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's cool. And yeah, 21 is that's a lot. That's that is 21 a lot out of 30. Yeah. yeah, it's a good run. The other Pretty night, he run. just thought we're crap. And he was like, I will not be in these. <laughs> I don't know that it's official or if this is lore, but I'm pretty sure that um Best foreign film is a category in the Oscars because if it wasn't, Akira Kurosawa would have won everything all the time. Yeah. And, you know, in the, you know, late 40s, early 50s, when Kurosawa was making those movies, it was not in fashion to be giving Japanese people awards in America. Um, so I think that's why. I yeah, don't, I don't it would make sense to me. That sounds right. Yeah. So I'm just going to choose to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> And Bong Joon-hoon just tore down all those walls. Yeah. Um, But yeah. All right. Um, I think that's about going to do it for us. But I figured the fitting way to end, uh, you're looking for a new sign off. We're still trying to lock it down. So Uh I asked the chat bot how we should end the show. And so here we go for for the last thing. Here's the end script, which seemed a little weird from what I eyeballed. But Uh, yeah, that is weird. What what information did you give this thing? Okay, here. I the prompt that I said was write a script where Joel and Lars sign off from a podcast. So no shit. That's all you gave it. Okay, that's all I gave it. So this is what it went with. Well, that's it for today's episode of Geek Speak Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. With me, as always, (laughs) is my co-host, Lars. That's right, skinny penis. Thanks for tuning in. 
We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the latest superhero movie releases. We definitely had a lot of fun recording the episodes, and we hope you had fun listening to it. Yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. It helps us reach more listeners and keep the show going. Absolutely. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes or you want to ask a question, you can always find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're not on Facebook. And don't forget to check out our website. Don't have one of those. <laughs> where we post additional content and updates on un- upcoming episodes. HoboTrashCan.com. We don't post additional information. No, that's all lies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next week for another episode of Geek Speak. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may the force be with you. And may the odds be ever in your favor. See you next time. Why'd you get the cooler sign off? Because I'm Joel and you're Lars. <laughs> Motherfucker. Because <laughs> yeah. probably because of my skinny penis. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Eight. Eight. Aid. Aid. Potato Aid. salad marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out. <laughs>